This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review. We really appreciate you in advance because what we don't do on this show, T, we don't hide greatness. And if you don't give us a five-star review, you're hiding us from all the good people that want to find a good sports podcast about Atlanta sports um, in particular, so we definitely uh, got some good stuff for you on today. Um, I have the Braves starting to figure the thing out, specifically, you know, starting with uh, a nephew, Ronnie, and we'll talk about how the Falcons stack up in the NFC South and a player on offense got some national recognition. Woo-woo. We'll talk about that. And last but not least, and for the culture, we celebrate 25 years for a movie that just made you smile. But before we do that, we have to talk about the um, the, the, the Braves last night against the Washington Nationals. T, 8-2 final score. Nephew Ronnie hits two home runs. And the one thing that just really stood out to me when I was watching, watching the game and I, I saw Nephew Ronnie hit that home run, T, was the like high trunk twist like I'm going into football terminology. Follow me here. <laughs> uh, when he hit that home run, he just swept his hips for so long, and it, it takes it took me back to when he was talking about how it it, it hurt it, it hurt for him to you know um twist you know with his knee and all the injuries mm-hmm. that he'd been dealing with, and I think that to see him do turn on those baseballs last night to hit those home run pull those home runs last night, I think that's a good sign from that. Ronald Acuna might be 100% and ready to go for the postseason. Yeah, very good sign. You think about also the muscles in your back that you need to utilize in order to jack all that deep. And it was just really, really good to see. And then to see him do it in back-to-back at-bats, that also tells you a lot because, hey, he gets it on that first at-bat and you're thinking, okay, if there's any soreness there yet again, then it will probably rear its ugly head for the rest of the game. But for you to get that at your next at bat, that was pretty darn impressive. And not lost in the shuffle is the fact that the Braves got eight runs in the first game, eight runs in the second game. So even with a shaky start last night from Kyle Muller, didn't matter because they got the run support that they needed. And I'm sure that they'll need tonight with Jake Odrizzi on the mound. But that's also something that I really appreciated. And you don't really care at this point where the run support comes from you just want the run support to be consistent and it never hurts for you to get run support and get those two wins out of the way because now you know you won the series but most importantly you were able to watch the clock last night and as the the uh braves continue to pull away because you know the, the uh nats got their first couple of runs mm-hmm. in the first inning first couple of innings so to see the braves pretty much have this game in hand early and see, meanwhile, the Mets are melting down in Miami. It was just like a perfect recipe that, I don't know, it was weird because for the first time in a minute, I felt like, okay, okay, this is really, really, maybe possibly the Braves' division to lose. 
I know. And, and, and with them being tied right now for first place, obviously you mentioned uh, the uh, Mets losing to the Marlins 6-4 to four, uh, last night. So it is it's definitely some good some good things popping in it when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. And, and it's amazing to see Nephew Ronnie starting to get that thing rolling. Another guy that I, I kind of I want to point out to you, and I, and I think that this thing can get really serious if he continues to roll, is that Eddie Rosario. Now, I want to take you back to last year, NLCS. Rosario was one of the three qualified players to hit 560 or better in the series, and he's one of five players to record 14 hits in the postseason series. Obviously, yeah. he gets the NLCS M MVP, mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. was absolutely white hot in October last year. And he's starting to heat up because he's hitting 313 in the month of September. So I think if we start to see a guy like Rosario, you mm -hmm. know, even Marcelo Zuna has put his yeah. name back into conversations that aren't negative uh, when it comes to being up at the plate and being productive. So I think that there are so many factors when you not starting off with nephew Ronnie. If he's going because he wasn't here last year mm -hmm. and he's going and you got guys like Eddie Rosario who we're used to seeing, yes. you know, get get right at the right time. I think if Rosario can get it going, T, this is something that, hey, like this can get real pretty real fast and ugly for the Mets. <laughs> yes, like Matt Olson said last week, if all three parts of the order ever get it together at the same time, the Braves are truly a scary team, and it is looking like we're starting to get all of the order together. And look, if you know what's good for you, Marcelo Zuna, and you know that you're <laughs> on the bubble to make the playoff roster, the postseason roster, now's your chance. Now is your chance to shine because literally there are less than, what is, eight games left yeah. for, for these teams to make it happen. The Braves either way, the Mets either way. So, yeah, if you want to make that postseason roster – one of the biggest things you can do is help the Braves to make it back to first place, win this fifth NL East division title and move themselves into, I believe, the number two position potentially in the NL, in the National League as far as postseason seeding goes. Against Josiah Gray, who has an ERA over five. So, hey. I think that, you know, the only thing that I could, if I'm, if I'm nitpicking, you know, is that the Braves go ahead and get off to a good start. Because like you mentioned, you know, Mother, he was middling around trying to figure things out. And then the Braves bats were kind of a little bit too. But I, I think that, you know, one thing that I that really, you know, has me encouraged when you talk about Matt Olson, you know, they moved him back into the cleanup spot. You know, he started to, you know, do a little something then, but – I got. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned him yet. Michael Harris, the second. That dude. That dude. That dude is absolutely just doing it for yeah. the Braves, you know. Put him um, and I think, yeah, just put him anywhere. It doesn't matter. Like I was about to say, yeah, he looks good in the five hole. He yeah. looks good in the nine hole, the eight hole, clean the six up. hole, clean up, whatever you want to put him. Just it doesn't matter. Like if he's in the lineup, you have a really yes. good chance to win, and that's that's all you can ask for with a young cat like that coming into his rookie year t we're talking about a rookie and he already got that that check already <laughs> so <laughs> but think speaking of earning the check um the falcons need to earn the check and uh the one thing that i was on sunday t i was looking 
at you know the early games and I saw the you know the um the Bucks playing against the Packers and the mm-hmm. the Saints were playing against the Panthers and I was I wasn't impressed. Um we'll talk about how the Falcons stack up in the NFC South next but first Gotta tell you about what's going on at betonline.net. Do you know what the spread is for the Falcons game? You know, I don't I don't have it right in front of me, but if you want to figure it out, go to betonline.net and try to figure out if you're gonna win some money betting on the Falcons. Or if if you what, what George is doing this weekend, you know, or or what they have, you make sure you see what's going on. As far as, you know, the numbers, they got each and everything that you need. Like, they even have podcasts, you know, because BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports yeah. wagering information, including live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got it all covered just for you. Now, here's what you do. Go to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because when you're in a pinch and you're trying to figure out how to win some money, Bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you guys for liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. We, this is Lock on Sports Atlanta. We have three shows, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, A to Z with Mark Zeno, and of course, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis, myself, and Tanitri. We really appreciate you guys because we are up over 4,000 subscribers Woo! That is a big accomplishment. We don't, def- we definitely don't take that for granted for what you guys have been doing. And if you have not subscribed, welcome. And uh, yeah, go ahead hit that subscribe button as well. We're talking to you today about one of the things that I think that kind of stood out to me. T it was that it, of course the Atlanta Falcons are getting ready to take on the Cleveland Browns, and as we get closer to the uh, to Friday, we will definitely mm-hmm. give a big, big preview. Go yes. do a deep dive into uh, what that that matchup looks like. But I think that one thing I wanted to kind of point out and talk to you about and get your opinion on is the fact that in the early games, mm-hmm. you know, or that early game, well, one of the early games, it was the Panthers in the, um, taking on the um, the New Orleans Saints. And one thing that we that here in Atlanta we can figure out that hey. The Falcons had a legitimate shot of beating the Saints. I yeah. think that's I think that's safe right. to say, right? You know, and, and I think that they did not look that that well against you know the Carolina Panthers, who coming into the season, everybody pretty much knew more than likely the Panthers were going to be probably the worst team in a, in, a, in a division. And I think that later on, when you saw you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Packers, you were just like, mm-hmm. all right, this is a division that people thought that. You know, it was going to be dominated by the Bucks, and they were going to be the guys in the division. And more than likely, Tom was going to pull off another division um, title, uh, a, a, a division title at the end of the, um, of, the, of the season. But I think when you take a look at these teams, I believe that Falcons have a legitimate shot at being the team to make it. Sh- at some point, start you know being a formidable opponent, or teams have to have to start really take, taking a look at and start being aware of as they get ready to um, dive into that division play. Okay, I'm so glad that you set it up that way, saying <laughs> yes. that they would be formidable opponents that yes. you have to take note yes. of. Because yes. I heard somebody <laughs> have the audacity and unmitigated gall to ask if the team nope. is a playoff team. Are you foolish? Yes, is something come on wrong now. with you? No. Are you having issues? Because Too early for that. nobody <laughs> believes that that's the case, at least not now. Now, catch me 
in the middle of the season if some things have gone sideways with the Bucks and or the Saints. That's just the reality of it. Because if right. we're real about it, the Bucks look like they've looked the last few weeks because they are injury riddled. The yes. Saints look like they look because keeping it real, they have injury issues as well. So there's still quite a divide, if you will, between those top two and the Falcons, however, and definitely Falcons from the Panthers. Like that, that's not even a conversation. But right. the Falcons, yes should absolutely be taken seriously because the other piece is this. Yes, the Bucks are injured. Yes, the Saints are injured. But if you think about it, the Falcons were, you know, the Falcons had a few issues as well. I mean, will they get Damian Williams for one play just as an example? And all of a sudden right. your running back room is turned upside down as far as your one-two punch. So the Falcons have had their issues to contend with as well. We also know um, Elijah Wilkinson, you know, just a little bit of something there last week, although he's listed on the depth chart in the first spot this week. So we're, we're comfortable and believing he's going to, you know, get, get out on the field. But the point I'm making is this. Yes, I absolutely think that the Falcons, even if the Bucks were healthy and even if the Saints were healthy, are a formidable opponent because they have competed in these first few weeks and I believe they're only going to get better. I yes. believe in, and I believe that in every phase of the game. I believe that the Falcons are all you had to do, Jarvis, was get over the hump and get that one win so that you could boost your own confidence and then you'll sail from there. And and, and I, I love the way you put that because when you're talking about boosting the confidence, because like you want to be able to justify justify, excuse me, Arthur Smith's vision and yes. what he wants this team to look like and mm -hmm. we know we, just like you mentioned you meant um, competitive you know you talked about you know being able to you know establish yourself and, and offensively like the the falcons are the highest scoring um um off, offense in the division you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying <laughs> they've put up 80 points this year and then yes. the saints and the bucks are bringing up the rear as mm -hmm. far as scoring in the division as well so those are some of the things that like you said you know there are some some real real from a roster build standpoint coming yep. into the season saints bucks were hands down yes. better but as the season play out you're talking about injuries coming into play and then the falcons mm -hmm. having an injury to damian williams but you know i can make okay. a case for hey that's good tyler Algier, come on yeah. up come on down <laughs> you know what i'm saying so I, I think all of those things as these injuries play out i think that mm -hmm. You know, this is definitely something to keep an eye on as far as how the Falcons stack up against the NFC South. And I think that, you know, other teams in the division need to be on notice because the I Falcons are looking for consistency. And it seems like they found it with the style of play that Arthur Smith wants to play with. Another thing that's, that I have to bring up, T, is the fact that, you know, all the conversations have been about Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and, and what these guys can do for the offense. Kyle Pitts not getting enough targets, but – you know, there's a certain guy that got uh, <clears throat> acknowledged in, in the NFL, got Offensive Player of the Week, our guy, CP, Cordell Patterson, um, um, for all you people and all my people up in Dunwoody. You know, he got honored this week for Offensive Player of the Week, obviously had a huge game uh, against, you know, a, a huge game last week, and, and, you, and you understand that this is part of what Arthur Smith wants to do. But, you know, like I mentioned, with all the attention towards Kyle Pitts and Drake London, is Cordell Patterson that guy? Is he the guy that's going to make or ascend the, the Falcons into NFC South winning conversations? Not, no, 
playoffs, but conversations about being, you know, contenders within the division. Yes, I believe wholeheartedly he is because there's an expectation, whether it's Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter under center, that the Falcons have the weapons in the wide receiver room, in the tight end room, to have a passing game that flourishes, right? right so yeah. what you saw out of Marcus Mariota with 229 passing yards, nothing against him, but a lot of that is because your receivers are just who they are. Your tight ends, tight end, is just who he is. So that's yes. the reality. But then when you look over at the run game, that's a little bit different. In order for you to both be successful in your passing game and your run game, you have to establish the run. You have to at least keep teams honest. You can't have them thinking what they did in the years past. Oh, well, you know, the Falcons, they'll just pass. And when they get behind by one or two scores, they'll really just start to pass. Once you become that one-dimensional, man, a DC can feast on you. But when you have someone like Cordero Patterson who can not only give you a run game and is a bruising runner, by the way, because in addition to him getting NFC Offensive Player of the Week, I saw a tweet that the Falcons put out where there's an award. I think it's like uh, the Good Morning Football Award on NFL Network, something like the the Bloody Crusty Bruiser Award, and he got that too because of his running style. (laughs) And that's just who he is, like, you kind of saw people low-key, you kind of saw defenders low-key kind of get out of his way after a while, especially in those first two games when he was loaded up to 20-plus carries. The importance of that is this. Get yourself a run game, you can set a play-action pass. That's arguably where Marcus Mariota seems to be pretty darn comfortable. So give him that opportunity, and then once you think the CP's done everything that he can on the ground, oh, he a great passer out of the backfield. So when you think about 153 yards out of one player and the team had 386 yards of offense total, to me, as CP goes, truly is as this team goes. And we know that's where Arthur Smith wants to go. Um, Right now, currently, uh, the Falcons have the third leading rusher in the entirety of the NFL. So let that sink in. Um, T, I know that... There are some things that when you talk about, you know, celebrating anniversaries, I think that this anniversary for 25 years of this particular movie is something worth talking about. But before we do that, T, tell the folks about what's going on at Coffee AM. Yeah, I certainly today wish that I was a coffee drinker. And we'll (laughs) talk to you more about that in For the Culture to tell you why. But if you are a coffee drinker and you're feeling like I am today, then Coffee AM is the perfect, perfect remedy for you. Why? Because it's fresh. And so who doesn't want to drink a fresh batch of coffee from the number one small batch roaster in the country and a company that's right in your backyard? That's like a win-win. So you think about it, whether you're like me, who went too hard with the ATL Sports Chicks last night and then went down the (laughs) rabbit hole on Instagram looking, recapping what I did with the Sports Chicks last night, then you need Coffee AM. Or or if you're like me this morning and you over-talked yourself at the Hawks meet and greet last night, then you probably need the green teas that Coffee AM offers. Or if you just want to say both to the Sports Chicks and to the Hawks, thank you for everything you've done for making this a, a grand Tuesday. Send them a gift set. Where do you get all that? CoffeeAM.com backslash locked on. And if it's your first order with Coffee AM, you can get it for 15% off. Who wouldn't do that for coffee where you know this company goes all across the world to get you the freshest ingredients for the coffee that 
once you actually order it on that day or not far from it, they are roasting it. So again, coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Get yourself 15% off your first order. I'm going to enjoy some tea. You guys enjoy the coffee. For- Final segment of ATL Day Once with Jarvis and Tanisha. want to say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really appreciate you guys. Um, don't forget, you can check us out on Roku and Amazon Fire right now. Right there on your Amazon Fire TV. We are everywhere. There are no excuses for you not to download whatever you get your podcast. And whatever you do, make sure once you get there, you check us out. You love us because you have no other choice. Leave us a five-star review so everybody else can find out about what we got going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about for just, just how we get down on this show. Today is no different because we celebrate 25 years, T, of Soul Food, the movie debuting, not the uh, album by Goody Mob, but the movie uh, uh, debuting 25 years ago, T. Um, actually, yesterday was the day it actually um, uh, re- was released. And I think that's one of the things when you think about the just the basic, basis yes. of this movie, right? I remember when it came out and you... You talk about like families, black families specifically, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, go, mm-hmm. getting together and eating s- Sunday dinner down at Big Mama House. Like literally, that was my life. <laughs> that was exactly my life. On Sundays, we had a ritual. We would go no for a ritual. That sound like it makes sound like it's bad. We used to get up in the morning, go to church, and then as soon as we get out of church. Like, no matter whether or not I wanted to go get something to eat at Gold Corral or Ryan's, we were going down to Big Mama's house because she cooked for us. And if we don't show up, Mama was going to get a call. So I think that, you know, for them to depict that in the movie, T, I just thought it was absolutely amazing then. And to look back on it now and, and see what it meant for the culture. See what I did there? Um, I think it was just absolutely amazing. I think that we should celebrate, you know, soul food for and, and the people that, you know, put that movie together and the actors and actresses that were participating in it as well. Yes. And the positive imagery all the yes. way around, even in a negative yes. situation where yep. Vanessa Williams character, Terry saw her husband have an affair with her cousin, but they still brought it back to the family at the end with the narrator, of course, Lil Ahmad. But if yes. that's the, that's the kind of thing you do, you know, you just give it over the hump where she and her uh, middle sister played by Vivica A. Fox, that character, yeah. those two had to reconcile the beef that had been going on with them since high school because Terry, you know, uh, Vivica A. Fox's character, her, she cheated with right. Terry's boyfriend, yeah. whom she ended up marrying. Right. So, yeah. you know, it all worked out, so to speak. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah, they kind of came, you know, around. And even with dealing with um, Makai Pfeiffer's character, Lim, being... Uh, an ex-con and uh, that yep. family really opening its arms to him. So there were just so many things that resonated with us. Even Uncle Pete. I mean, so many people, you know, yes. your Uncle Pete who's not married, who's older, doesn't have any kids. He's probably, you know, living with his sister. Okay. He's just different. He's, living, you know, he's yeah, a little different. Yeah, exactly. you, everybody knows he's different. Yes. But we know he's special, but we're just going to love right. on him mm-hmm. because that's my yeah. brother or brother-in-law or what have you. And it just really showed so many elements that even, of course, got them into a spinoff, which was also 
an amazing show in and of itself. But yeah, when you think about 25 years ago and what was going on in the fight to kind of show more of those positive images on the small screen and the big screen, it just absolutely was one of those films that you can say changed the game. No doubt about it. And when you think about the timing of some of the other movies that came out, came out, you know, then were Minutes to Society, Boys in the Hood, you know, all those things were very popular movies. And I think that for them to come behind that and be like, hey, there's some positive stuff you can come around yeah. then. Because I think that, you know, depicting fellowship and not only mm -hmm. just coming together eating, but just being able to spend time with each other and talk about things and and, and those 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 negative things that you know mm -hmm. talk about those as well and kind of just make sure you get your feelings out and, and people be able to have those conversations and i think that it was just beautiful it was a beautiful thing to see now what i did here <clears throat> last night you know what i'm saying i was uh burning the midnight oil out in these streets in atlanta you know it's hashtag atl sports chicks were out and about t man you got to tell the folks about it. give me the skinny what went down did uh <clears throat> did anybody get hitched up? Did anybody get meet their meet their uh the LOML? You know, some love of their lives. Like, what's going on? Like, I need I need the T. Go ahead, and give me the T, T. Okay, so or am I no, being extra? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, no, no, wasn't that kind of party? I'm being extra as usual. Uh, no, but a, a couple years ago, we literally Allison Mastrangelo from WSB and I we started talking about wanting to get together, right? Right. And because all we all ever do, including the guys on the beat, of course, but all we all ever do is see each other pretty much on the beat, unless, right. you know, maybe you have some a friendship that you develop outside of the beat. But of course. other than that, nothing. So we talked about it, talked about it. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and it was like put on pause. But what I like about the pandemic is it seemed to like break down walls because we were not allowed to go into the locker rooms anymore. We couldn't see the players. We all had to go do testing and so many other rigorous activities that got us out of our element, which was to cover the teams and right. to each other's sounding boards on sometimes what we saw on the field, sometimes what we saw on the court and resources and sources. So fast forward, slowly but surely, we start getting back together. We're able to go and see practice, albeit from the Hill for the Falcons, but we're able to go and see practices. And that's when I think the camaraderie and the relationships still started to, be, to, to get built because I think people realized you cannot take anything for granted anymore. We were all dealing with family members who were victims of COVID, some who lost family members, some who had battles with COVID themselves. I think just about every one of us on the beat has had it at least once. And you begin to realize that you cannot allow our crazy doggy dog industry to pit you against one another. You've got to right. come together and provide that support system. So finally, Allison's driving to a high school game. I think it was Mill Creek, hour and a half drive. She's sitting there with her guy, Dave, photog from WSB, one of our buddies yeah, on the beat. That's how I got Yeah, and she's like, all of a sudden, just hit her. I need to just throw this text message out there. So she sends a text to uh, five of us, invites us to wine and, or to dinner. And I'm like, oh, cool, you know, bet I'm in. And then I texted her, you know, sidebar. And she texted me and it was like, we we're saying the same thing at the same time. Who are we missing? Who else do we need to reach out to? Because we wanted it to truly be all inclusive. And so yes. it was just a barrage after that. It turned into about 22 invitations. Yeah. Wow. And these are ladies from the local scene, national scene, 
uh, regional scene for sports, but they all happen to live in Atlanta. So yeah. about 17 of them were able to come, including one of our two goats, as we like to say, one of our two queens, Sandra Golden. Uh, unfortunately, Pam Oliver was on uh, travel, so uh, she's hoping to catch us the next time. But man, it was just powerful to be in the room with all of that brilliance and all of that beauty. And then what I love is putting it out there on social media last night and today. And all of our guys like you, like Hugh Douglas, like Blaine, just so many guys coming in and just giving that love and being excited to see that kind of love go. So before we go, Darvis, I just want to again say thank you to you and just all of the guys out there who have given us the flowers and supported us in this industry and understand that we are here to do a serious journalist job just like mm -hmm. you are. We're not here with yep. hidden agendas or anything of that sort. We are here to get the story and provide it to our audiences just like our male counterparts are able to do so. Thank you for that. No problem at all. Because here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my, 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 my mission before I leave this earth to is to normalize it because if my babies wanna, if my two daughters wanna get into this game, mm -hmm. I don't want this to be something that gets pointed out. I want yes. it to be normal. Yes. Think about that for a second. Yes. yes, indeed. And that, yeah, and that's the blade, that's the trail that you're blazing. That's what you're hoping that your friends, your colleagues, you're hoping everybody will see. And we did, we got a lot of love from a lot of people. And hopefully, like you said, they're showing their daughters this. So that the daughters can see it as normal. This this makes, makes perfect sense 10, 20 years mm -hmm. from now when their daughters are trying to do it, but also that their sons who could possibly be in those locker rooms with those daughters respect mm -hmm. what those daughters are in those locker rooms to do. So thank Amen. you guys again. We're going to keep you guys posted on little things that we do in and around the city, but appreciate you guys not only rocking with the ATL Sports Chicks, but also rocking with ATL Day Ones and the Lockdown Sports Family. So, hey, every day, all day, after you finish watching ATL Day Ones, please check out Hitting Hard with John Chuckery because he's going to bring that heat and that smoke as well. Just like we hope the Braves bring the smoke on and get yourself a sweep. Miami Marlins, do your thing and give the Braves a little bit more cushion as they get ready for this showdown this weekend. So thanks again for stopping by, guys. We will see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you who?